Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Today on What Chaos, a million goals in a hockey game? Yeah, it happened. Connor Bedard getting spicy and we love it. Earmuffs. Gritty made them and Sabres fans shouldn't want to hear this episode. Hope the Predators weren't planning on going to that U2 concert. It's What Chaos. Let's go. Hi, everybody. It is Tuesday, February 20th. It is What Chaos presented by Prize Picks. No nicknames. I'm Deej. Got Pete over there. Got Sean over there. Hope everybody had a safe and healthy U.S. President's Day and Family Day. Pete is remote, which means I have to look at myself in a monitor. I made fun of your hair for looking terrible recently. My hair just looks like shit. But you feel like shit, Pete. You're sick. I am sick. I was not going to mention your hair. I, I, I don't think it looks that bad. It looks like uh, purposefully unkempt, which I don't think is a bad thing. I don't know it's, how on. Un- yeah, I don't know. I think I I'm, do uh, notice that you're wearing my Saberhood uh, sweatshirt that came in the mail yesterday. Well, that was always going to happen. You opened it. <laughs> you were. Uh, do I put a hat on? Do I put. But do I do. Saberhood. No, don't wear it. That's the worst hat of all time. Sweatshirt, Canadians. Sean, does this this doesn't go hard, does it, bud? I mean, I do not like you <laughs> selling the good name of the Saberhood. With oh yeah, you're you're a, you yelled at me one time a couple weeks ago for even considering mixing and matching teams. Yeah, I just don't uh, do it. I know that you do it, and that's the, uh, just not something that uh, I would ever be caught dead doing. I don't I don't do it. I was considering doing it because the colors matched. But um, yeah, I think that's probably something that I won't ever do after it was mentioned and called out. I'm not going to mix and match teams, although I don't even know if the Saberhood thing counts as mixing and matching a team because there's no logo on it. Right. I mean, I've got um, you. You guys won't believe this, but uh, our office is just a fucking catastrophe of random hockey merchandise. I've got a king's hat, not quite within arm's reach, but if I if I get you off on a tangent, I could run and get the hat in a quick. I got like a black and white king's hat right over there. I could wear, but still, I, I think your hair looks fine. You you're spending too much time worrying about it when it's it looks fine. Well, I know it looks fine for like a human, but I've 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 grown accustomed to a certain lifestyle, and uh, the bar has been set. Uh, at a certain place uh, you are just you're becoming like uh, if, if people don't watch on cinema at the cinema i apologize for not getting the reference you're just becoming tim heidecker in on cinema at the cinema you're all, something is always wrong with you which is funny because i think you're supposed to be the put together one and i'm supposed to be the one that there's a, with whom there's always something wrong you're now very sick yeah i got the flu so what a what a what a couple weeks for me. It was just dying to get home and now I got home and I'm dying. So love this. 
Woke up with 104.5 temperature this morning, which is an absolute catastrophe. I feel okay now, though. Uh, this makes you smarter than me. If I had a 104 and a half fever, I would take way too long to realize it's hospital time. Or I'd be like, damn. Sean, are you nodding because you think yeah. I would do that? Or because no, you would, do, the I would same? do that too? I don't, I have like no actual grasp on what. I'm supposed to be like what what health is or what I'm supposed to be feeling like at any given time. So like I, I could have like a very serious illness and I'd be like, I'm time to drink some orange juice. I think that's a I feel like that's a guy thing because I I'm the same way in the sense that like I always feel like I can I can beat something. I always feel like I can fight through it. And, you know, this is this is just the way that I'm feeling right now. And in, in an hour, I'll feel fine. And then I tell somebody that I have one hundred and four point five temperature and they're like, Go to the hospital, you fucking moron. Yeah, so, I mean, I was going to compliment you saying that that is a, uh, a level of responsibility and just awareness. When we talk about self-awareness, I think people usually take it to mean, do you understand when you're being annoying? I think that the self-awareness to know my body is failing me is definitely not something I have. And I respect that, at least in the moment, maybe with assistance, you had it. So uh, good for Pete. Uh, what's the temperature at now? Have you checked recently? Someone asked in the chat. I, I haven't checked recently. I can get a thermometer once DJ gets into whatever read we have today, and I'll I'll do a little check-in. <laughs> okay. We can do some over-under. Oh, no. I'm going to do a very quick read today. You're going to hear Andrew okay. Schultz's name, and then <laughs> it's going to be gone. Uh, well, if, as if, I, if we're hearing Andrew Schultz's name, it means we're going to get into some over-under talk. So uh right uh, uh that actually i wonder is that maybe one of the no-nos higher lower higher lower they're just better they do higher lower right higher lower uh well it was a crazy crazy day for u.s president's day and family day in canada the there were 17 goals scored between the minnesota wild and the Vancouver Canucks, including the Canucks blowing a three-goal lead as Minnesota scored six goals in five minutes and 45 seconds. I don't know what that says about the Minnesota Wild, but it does tell me that the Vancouver Canucks have now skipped past fraud watch and are straight to asshole watch. Well, I, I don't feel like you have to go to, you don't have to go through fraud watch to get to asshole watch. I feel like it's, it's sort of like um, police station or hospital, the game that we played with Swifties, where like, if you show that you are Delulu to a concerning extent, it's either police station or hospital and you get to choose one. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to go through one to get to the other. I absolutely am placing the Vancouver Canucks on asshole watch. And you know what? I'm placing both of these teams on asshole watch. They both played like absolute assholes during that game yesterday. It's just the Minnesota Wild had a better third period, and they had a few guys who didn't play like assholes. Joel Eriksson Ek and Kirill Kaprizov had two of like the more dominant games, especially in that third period that I've seen in a long, long time. Specifically, Joel Eriksson Ek. He was fucking everywhere during that game, and it was insanely impressive. I think it's funny and it's a good point. You don't need to go through fraud watch to be on asshole watch because I mean, the Oilers will always either just be the Oilers or asshole watch. They're never going to be fraud watch. No one's ever going to be like, are they for real? They should always be for real. They have the best 
players and best scores and everything. It's just, are they being assholes or not? So that's a good point by you on the Canucks. I don't know if I quite put the wild on asshole watch. I think if I do put the wild on asshole watch, it's because where was this? You, you mean to tell me you could be playing 17 goal games and I've been ignoring you because you're such a boring ass team. And now here you go against the best team in the NHL. And you just go wild, score six goals in under six I mean, minutes. Isn't that a reason to put them on asshole watch though? It's like they've been, they've, they've got it in them to play exciting hockey and they're just not doing it most of the time. Also, like a big part of the reason why I'm throwing them on asshole watch is uh, during that game, by the way, we were watching that game at the studio. We watched, I think, like the first two periods at the studio. And me and Sean were just like constantly commenting on that game and how unhinged it was being like, yo, these two teams are playing some wild hockey. Bodies right now. were flying all over the place. Right. And then we drove home. And by the time we got home, we had missed like nine goals. Insane. So and I genuinely, I like my first thought when you send that screenshot was that you were fucking with me. Like I thought you threw it together a quick screenshot being like, the game is 10 to 7. Ha ha. <laughs> you weren't the wild or interesting, I guess. I'd moved off that game too because we were watching it during the Bruins game and then we were watching it during the Oilers game. And I just committed my full attention to the Oilers. And I think they were somewhere in like the early second period. And I checked Twitter, formerly X, and saw that a million goals were being scored, that multiple hat tricks were being scored. Just absolute madness over there but i like it i like that uh the day on a day in which the sports conversation is oh no nba all-star games have too many points the nhl in a matinee or like early afternoon game is like hey how about this double asshole yeah, watch it, it was deranged the entire slate was pretty deranged yesterday and I do want to point out uh, the most deranged thing that happened yesterday was your oil man parlay. You bet on the Oilers to uh, have a shutout against the Coyotes, but also bet the over six and a half goals. Yeah. Which is essentially like you're only betting on a seven nothing outcome, which is it, amazing. And a Zach Hyman point. And as Sean and I were discussing before the show, I came very close on that parlay. The over hit Zach Hyman scored it's just that one of the three legs didn't hit. That's all. I came so close <laughs> to winning like $30 million on the craziest parlay of my life. It is worth noting. The only reason the over hit is because the Coyotes also scored goals in the game. It was 6-3. Good comeback for the Oil Boys, though. I will tell you what. I did end up positive for the day because uh, we'll talk about the Bruins in a sec. Maybe if only for a sec, but uh, I bet the Bruins money line won that game. That was a wild one. And then when the Oilers somehow fell behind the Coyotes in that game yesterday, easiest money of my life, I live bet the Oilers and they end up coming back and smoking the Coyotes really, which is an unfair bet because the Oilers should have never been down in that game. The Coyotes have now lost 400 million games in a row. Yeah, I saw people complaining on Twitter about like the the pop of the arena when the Oilers were scoring a bunch of their goals. And I was like, no shit. They're playing at Mullet Arena. The Coyotes have lost a million games in a row and the Oilers are always going to draw well for like Oilers fans. Even when we went to 
uh, to Vegas. Like I know Vegas is is more of a destination than than Tempe, Arizona. But like I would imagine that the Oilers always draw pretty well because it's the Oilers. It's Connor McDavid. Like, were you expecting Coyotes fans to uh, drown out Edmonton fans at Mullet Arena yesterday in the middle of this losing streak? Just a ridiculous thing to say and complain about. But also, uh, it's like Snowbird USA. Like everyone, it's the same thing with Chicago. Everyone leaves their shitty northern snowy cities to live in Arizona. So that's why it it's always going to be like that. That's just the nature of the the area. I remember Gregory Campbell uh, told me that he liked playing against Canadian team, like teams like the Canadians when he was with the Panthers because the place would be packed. And even if it were visiting fans, he just like liked the energy in the building and a bunch of Florida fans were like, this is disgusting. There are tons of us. We pack the bed. I was like, there's literally facts on this. Like the other, uh, there's a lot of old people that live in the South, specifically Florida they go to these games when their teams are playing. Stop it. Panthers fans exist and they have shown out. But like when Gregory, when Gregory Campbell played for them, they were not a good team. So no, like, no I'm no. sure the building, I'm sure the building was dead whenever he was out there. So this was pre Kevin uh, Spacey. This was pre Kevin Spacey uh, being part of their lore. And then I like, I like that. That's a separating line for you for the Panthers being good and being bad. Once Kevin Spacey showed up, Panthers good. I mean, they started doing stuff with him once they'd gotten good. It's no, not that I know. he I'm caused just, it, I'm but making a I'm if you a do <laughs> need like a grocery stick for, I don't know, uh, early aughts into when the Panthers got good, Spacey is part of it. Did what Kevin if, what Spacey the Panthers, changed the Panthers culture for the better? What if the Panthers people kept Spacey? The what if they were the only people that didn't cancel Kevin Spacey? And they were like, you know what? We're riding it out. They were just like, look at the splits. Look at the splits. We're much better. We're much better as a result of Kevin Spacey. That would be... And then, like, if you met a Panthers fan, you'd have to ask them. Like, it's like when you meet a Penn State fan, you're like, how quickly does this person end up bringing up Joe Paterno? I don't want to bring up Joe Paterno they're going to at some point in this conversation invariably will be about how they did him dirty. And I'm going to want to run as far as possible. Sean, you were kind of nodding your head. You ever end up in one of these situations about Joe Paterno? Yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, I'm sure I have. I, it's not a fun time. Uh, no, I mean, there's, there's plenty of these things. It's like talking about Jim Beheim. It's only, I was going to say, I was going to bring up. that up. I knew he was scared. Killed the man with his car. That did happen. Shout out Danny Heatley. Like it those, you know, there's a lot of people like that. And that's just the, the nature of the, of the world, uh, I guess. Ah, mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. 
Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought-after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Other games that took place yesterday, the Bruins came back to force overtime with a nice David Posternock goal. Uh, they win in a nine-round shootout. Their only two wins since the break, their 2-3-2, two, and two, have been against division leaders because they uh, took down a very good Dallas Stars team, but a, also a very banged-up Dallas Stars team. So mm-hmm. that was one that the Bruins should have won. Maybe this kind of starts to get them a little bit of life, but they're still in a bad way. They, they should have won it like on paper. They should not have won that game based off of the way that they played yesterday. Like that was, they not only stole one point, they stole two points in that game. It, it kind of, it reminded me of the Calgary game, Calgary game, like a bit from last season. I know it wasn't quite as bad where like they got shelled with like 50 something shots and, and got bailed out. I want to say by Swayman, right? Um, but like, yeah, Swayman was great yesterday as well, and uh, they sh- they had no business winning that game, especially with the guys that they were trotting out in the shootout. <laughs> Their shootouts are a wild time, man. I, Sean, you were there at the beginning of the shootout. I said exactly what what Montgomery was going to do. Yep, I said okay, let's get ready for some order of DeBrusque, Coil, Pasternak. He brings those guys out there, and. The refrain yesterday in Boston on Boston Sports Radio was, why don't they use Charlie McAvoy in the shootout more? Fair, especially easy to say after he scored the game winner in the shootout. But he generally is going to do something dazzling. And the other one, and this is just a weird Boston thing, Boston is sneaky down on David Pasternak, and that's the craziest thing in the world because, God, where would they be without him? Uh, But... There was a lot of, they should just stop using him in the shootout. People soured on his move of like the quick kind of lazy shot shot that he'd been doing, which I loved. It worked and then it didn't work. And then a fake out of it worked and then it didn't work. And then it's kind of not worked a million times. He had a really underwhelming attempt yesterday, but what am I going to fucking like? I was talking about David Pasternak's uh, zone entries the other day with somebody and as I was yeah. doing it, I was like, but I'm not going to fucking tell David Pasternak what to do. He knows what he's doing way more than me. If we're talking about some asshole player, sure, maybe I could talk myself into with a bird's eye view, blah, blah. No, David Pasternak knows what he's doing. But the refrain in Boston yesterday was stop using him in the shootout. I, I don't think you do that. That's crazy. But I think you I do just... uh, add a little. You do vary your shootout people. Like, I don't need Charlie Coyle every time Jake DeBrusque has enough shootout aptitude that I think he's a, he's a fair regular best goal of this shootout yesterday though was Brad Marchand just saying you know what I'm just gonna fucking send Jake Ottinger into god knows where yeah and then the next three guys try to mimic the exact same move and realize they didn't have the same shot as Brad Marchand <laughs> so that was great so uh they just tried the same exact shot like a uh, glove side and it just didn't work no, so, that was hilarious. Um, did also want to mention that uh, I just like yesterday was an incredible day just in terms of having sports on all day. And I just I feel like we 
we as a people and as a society need to make up fake holidays for both the United States and Canada like once per week. That's an outrageous thing to say during Black History Month, Pete. (laughs) It's not what I'm referring to. Referring to President's Day and Family Day. Okay, I was waiting ass holidays. I was waiting for you to bring this up because we've had somebody in the chat going on and on about Louis Riel because apparently yesterday was also Louis Riel Day who was like the guy who founded Manitoba. Uh, so shout out Louis Riel. I just wanted to do that for the person in the chat who's been going on about him. I, I love that our show does well. shit like this. I could, I, I literally have spent like 10 minutes reading Louis Riel's Wikipedia page. Fascinating, fascinating figure. G- g- give it to us for a sec. Uh, he was basically, he was like the, per- he fought against the Canadian government basically to make sure that his people, the Metis people, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. And like Western Canada had rights. And then he, my favorite part of this is he ended up executing somebody from the Canadian government and then fled to the United States uh, and then won an election three times, but could never take his seat because he was too afraid to return to Canada. Uh, but I find it funny that Manitoba was like, you have holidays on this day. Well, the big, the guy who was just a big fuck you to Canada for his entire life, we're making his holiday today. Deal with it. So shout out to Louis Riel in Manitoba. Love that. And Louis Riel is just a very hockey name. Métis. Shout out Aviva for the pronunciation. Yeah, Louis Riel is, I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that that correctly, is a dope name. I, uh, I'm a huge fan of doing these shows live because almost every episode we start talking about something and the chat is like, you're, you have no idea what you're talking about. And they just correct us and then we correct on the fly. And it's wonderful. It's not, I learned more on this show than I have in like years of schooling. But they correct us endearing. It's not... Yeah. They educate us. Right. They're like, oh, cool. We're learning about this. Apparently, Louis Riel is like the single most written about figure in Canadian history. He's like incredibly important and incredibly polarizing. Some people look at him as like a religious fanatic. Some people look at him as like a revolutionary hero. So shout out once again, Louis Riel. Also, shout out. We got over 100 people in here right now. I think it's time for a like spike. Like spike. Subscribe spike. Definitely a like spike time. Three, two, one, like spike, baby. Yeah, get like. those numbers up. Uh, no, back back to my point, though, is like I want a I, – I believe that like work weeks should be four days and weekends should be three days no matter what. But I want the third day to be just affixed to like a hobby day or a sports day where it's like what Sunday used to be when I was growing up where it was like, Oh, it's the Lord's day. Everything's closed. You can't do anything. Like every Monday should just be sports day. And there should just be hockey on TV. All Daytime day. hockey goes crazy. Yes. I agree. Ma- matinees all day long. I had that exact thought earlier this morning. A uh, friend of the show, Leah tweeted it yesterday. It was tweeted with uh if, if we'd done a hit with Leah, I would have said t- to her, who are you arguing that against? Cause she said like, like, uh, yeah, I'll say it. I'm not making fun of Leah here, but she was like, yeah, I'll say it. I want more daytime hockey games. I was like, you and everybody else, sister, I hope. Keep I know, like, I, I hope so. Give, give us- it, just, it, it throws you off when it's like the middle of a Wednesday for no reason. And you're like, why is there a game on right now? But if there was an a fixed day where you're like, all right, I'm going to, I got hockey all day today and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch like six games. I, I feel like there would be a greater chance of like the unhinged action we had yesterday. And it's be really good for the sport. Do you remember when you were a kid and you're either faking sick or just actually sick and you bang out a fucking Cincinnati Reds game 
Oh, the best, dude. Uh, yes. You're talking my language. The best. Yes. Imagine if you were like, you know what? I'm not feeling it. I'm sick today. I'm just going to hang in and watch. I don't know. Like, like any of those matchups yesterday. Uh, my favorite thing to do in high school, my senior year, I would just be like, ah, I'm sick. I'm leaving school. We'll go watch Buffalo Bison's AAA baseball downtown. I did it. All the time is awesome. Yo, you would go like physically go? Oh, yeah. Like I would go to the games. I would just leave yeah, right. and I'd be like, I don't need this. <laughs> I'm going to watch. You know how much smarter? You know how much smarter everybody would be about about like hockey and about sports? Because they'd, they'd have an excuse to watch a bunch of teams every week that they normally wouldn't. Oh, that was the, the so best much part. more informed. Back when the like the Olympic, Olympic hockey meant something, I guess it does again. But uh, like it would be on during school and everyone would just be on their iPads during Spanish class just watching hockey not paying any attention and it was awesome so how can we make this worth the nhl's wild say every monday there is i mean i would like two i'd like for there to be two monday day games like a one and a four would be amazing but the nhl is not going to do it unless they're getting made whole unless they're a hundred percent well i've been watching the sopranos uh what can we throw into the nhl to make this worth their while well, I mean, I, I think it, it's like a society thing, right? Like you, everybody has to have that Monday off so that people can go to the games. They're not going to hurt ticket numbers wise. You have to make it a three day weekend. That's why I'm saying we got to make up some fake ass holidays to fill 52 weeks a year. There was some discourse on uh, social media of what is the better day to have off Friday or Monday without thinking, Pete, real quick. What's your answer? Sorry, I missed that. Better day to have off, Monday or Friday? Uh, Monday. It is so not even close, it's Monday. We're yeah. all off mentally on Friday anyway. We also don't do our show on Friday, but like, even if you, if you work Monday through Friday, the, the way that your brain adjusts and the way that the week feels shorter when you're starting on Tuesday versus going until Thursday, because at the end of Thursday, you're doing the mental Sunday scary slams laptop shut shit anyway so yeah monday is for sure the better one to agree have. and just as a final point like this is not a uh, we don't want to work kind of thing because i'm i'm committed to doing the show still on monday regardless of of whether we have the uh or of whether this comes into effect or not like i still want to work because i want to talk about hockey but i i want to finish the show and be able to watch hockey all day i loved using yesterday's show to just like kind of lightly pregame for a fun day of hockey. That felt yeah. more like a live stream yesterday. And that felt more like a watch along sort of thing than the actual watch along that we did. We just had the we, hockey ready to fucking seep into our, our bodies. It was well, very exciting. surprisingly. We don't, we don't really watch hockey a lot together. Like the three of us. So it was a good excuse to, hang around the studio and watch a bunch of games. Although during the playoffs, I'm assuming that we're going to be, we're going to be watching a lot of games together. And yeah. I'm, during I'm the playoffs, we're basically going to be tunkering down here, doing a ton of shit. Uh, I noted this on Twitter. The more we beg people to subscribe on YouTube, which please do it. It helps us a lot. The more we beg people to subscribe on YouTube, the more our audio numbers just naturally get a little better and continue to get better. I don't know why that is. So as a reverse jinx, I suppose 
listen to this wherever you listen to your podcasts and maybe it'll have the reverse effect and people will subscribe on YouTube. Uh, did the like spike work, Sean? Yes, it did. Our likes doubled. We could still, I mean, there's still a room for improvement. So if you haven't hit the like button yet, please do. But it did help. All right. I'm going to do one quick update. Then I'm going to do a read. And then we're going to talk about Connor Bedard. By the time I next say Connor Bedard, I want 10 more likes. So... Maybe you're across the the room from your laptop. Get over there, smash the button, and text a few people and tell them to subscribe Real on quick, YouTube. I have two things. A, the Flyers announced that they are they are giving out gritty earmuffs. So we have another electric giveaway. Um, and also, uh, the Canadians in the chat are talking about they just like would stream sporting events in the gym. Like they would just. Is that something that they, that happened to you, like in school? Like they're talking about, they would just what? go to the gym and they would have a big screen where they would show hockey games. No I'm way! way cool for this, C- Canada's awesome, man. I love that country. <laughs> no way! That rocks. Uh, the last update from yesterday is that the Flames beat the Jets to take the chain. Uh, Jets are now on Fraud Watch. Tell you what, Prize Picks is on Cool Watch because, man, whenever I'm like, where's Andrew Schultz? I know where to find them. It's in the community section. And uh, Meek Mill's also there. You can play along some of Prize Picks' favorite players under the community plays and the promos tab each week to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community. And today's Tuesday? Yeah? Uh, maybe it's Taco Tuesday because Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value, like a taco. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this season. It's a great time on Prize Picks. I'm there, Pete's there, and you can be there. Go to prizepicks.com/whatchaos and use code whatchaos for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com/whatchaos and use code whatchaos. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Let's talk about Connor Bedard. He returned last week from a 14-game absence, tied with Brock Faber for the rookie points lead. He has had Six points since then, including a three-point night last night against the Carolina Hurricanes. Got into it with Spencer Martin. Whole lot of amazing shit. As Sean noted before the show, I forgot to squeeze this into the Minnesota Wild discussion uh, earlier. As the Wild were racking up all those points, Brock Faber, not a one. Big old goose egg. That's crazy. Asshole watch, young man. He probably played 45 minutes too. Not a single point in that game. That's Not crazy. A point. Should we be making um, uh, graphics after each show to note who we have on various watches and w- without explanation? So it'll just be like uh, a, a 220 recap and it'll say fraud watch uh, or asshole watch Vancouver Canucks logo, Minnesota Wild logo, uh, Brock Faber. Maybe we'll discuss it um Bedard by the way another disallowed goal too so like he's had two disallowed goals in the past two days two games and uh still has is still is averaging literally two points per game since returning from that injury I I feel like the fishbowl might have some special powers for him no I mean he's got so much power in those 
finger bowls of his that I don't think he needs some fishbowl. I don't think it made him better. I'll tell you that. I think he just always I mean, had that dog he, in him. He's been tearing it up. And uh, I, I really think like the, you look at the disallowed goals that he's that he's had. There's been three all season on offside reviews and they've both been like or all three of them have been like minuscule offsides and drives me crazy. But shout out to Connor Bedard. Also shout out to Philip Kershev because he had an unbelievable assist on one of those goals. And so I, I keep saying like Connor Bedard is the only player on the Chicago Blackhawks, basically. Kershev, pretty good player as well. Um, no, and uh, Bedard is not the only player on that team. I like the roster. It's it's uh, very very it's a small mm, roster. It's I, I, I like the roster. I, I don't like the, the fucking Vlasic erasure. I don't like the there's there's too much erasure on your part for uh mm. I don't like the Korchinski erasure. Korchinski cross checked a guy in the back and with uh, took a horrible penalty yesterday. Love I like Kevin Live Korchinski. I love Kevin Korchinski. That team is very, very bad. They had six shots through like twenty eight minutes again yesterday they just they will find any excuse not to shoot the puck and it drives me insane good i don't want shots play hockey <laughs> they're not doing that either they refuse to make any body contact whatsoever they are the softest team they won't shoot the puck they are completely being driven by one line and one player in connor bedard wrong nick felino i love nick felino i won't say anything bad about nick felino but Okay, uh, uh, but Blackhawks are a tough watch. But if we want to talk about the Spencer Martin thing, what the fuck is that guy doing? Right. So if you didn't see it, Bedard and Spencer Martin had a back and forth throughout the game, a little chippiness. M mainly it was Spencer Martin initiating it. And then Bedard started to give it back. And he had a third period goal that ended up being overturned. But he had a third period goal where he fell to the ice as he was scoring. He sprung up and just stared at Spencer Martin. And yes, Spencer Martin pointed to the scoreboard, but seeing that out of Connor Bedard, oh my God, I don't need that kid to do anything other than score goals and be the incredible player that he is. However, I will take the cherry on top of him also being a spunky little fucker out there, and that's what he was last night. I love it. He's had a few little showings like that. It's not overstated. It's not like doing the, the gritty in Jake Wallman's face or anything, but Bedard does get in on the taunting a little bit. I didn't I didn't really like think that either side was in the wrong yesterday. I, I didn't even find that like I wondered if Connor Bedard was staring at Martin when he was doing that or was just trying to kind of like figure out and find Kershev or something. But then Martin throws a stick up to the to the scoreboard and points to it. And like it's first of all, you're Spencer Martin. You were cut by the Blue Jackets and you, you ended up with Carolina and your save percentage is still sub 900 this year. I don't think you get to talk shit to Connor Bedard. Obviously, you're beating the Blackhawks. Congratulations. The Blackhawks suck ass. You don't get to point to the scoreboard when uh, Connor Bedard scores a sick goal on you. Fuck off. All that's right. And this is coming from someone who has somehow personally gone to two Spencer Martin games this year. I've only been to like five hockey games. Same. And Spencer, Spencer Martin has, has played in. Oh, right. You wait. Did, do you see him? Uh, yes. You were there for the it's Blue Jackets game. The exact game. same game two times in a row where the the Bruins couldn't get anything on him for 40 straight minutes. And then Brad Marchand made his life hell in the third period. You were at that other one, too? I was at the second one, too. Yes. The one where Jeff and I went? No, you yes. weren't. Yes, I was. We were all in the text chain talking about how that happened again. Where are you sitting? 
I, don't I was not you. sitting with you. I was with my friends. This is wrong. We'll talk about this after. But it is not wrong. I was there. I went to both of those games. I've been to like two or three Bruins games this year, and those were two of them. It's crazy that he's been at most of the hockey games I've uh, attended. Uh, I don't fault him for taking an attitude. Obviously, he's not necessarily in the wrong, but he's in the less cool because you're a uh, kind of random a-hole goalie for the Hurricanes, who, as you said, uh, was cut by a team that could use any help it could get and is firing their general manager because they've got such a hard time assembling a roster. I just love that it brought that out of Connor Bedard. And we talked about it with him. Does he need to be any sort of big, great, flashy personality? Obviously, the answer is no. But Sean and I were getting so hyped just speculating on the idea of Connor Bedard having an attitude to him. It would go such a long way. I, I agree. Like, I, I want him to have that quiet attitude, though. Like, uh, we've talked about it recently where um, Jack Hughes coming across as a little bitchy uh in in recent months he's got a little little bitchiness to him and it's kind of uh, like annoying like he doesn't have time for this kind of deal i don't want to see connor bedard have that sort of attitude but i want him to have like an air of like i know i'm so much better than you and do something about it kind of deal right all right so i sean and i were kicking this around before if you have a hundred attribute points that you can give to connor bedard and they go either towards skill or attitude. How do you divvy them up? And I will emphasize that the skill that you're giving to him is Connor Bedard's skill. So even if you give him like three skill points, he's going to be one of the best players in the world because it's Connor Bedard levels of skill. Would you go like 90, 10, 80, 20? Where are you going? I think I would go like somewhere between 85, 15 and 80-20 because I want to be surprised by it every time that it happens and I want Connor Bedard to be likable you know like I, I want I want people to be like oh that's right he does have that in him when he kind of gives you a little attitude and and uh gets a little saucy but I don't want it to be like a regular thing where that's like part of who he is and who he like and I don't want to see him become a heel I want him to be beloved league-wide yeah I'm going 93 percent skill and or I'm going 93 skill points and seven attitude points because I want these moments to be events. Yeah. I want it to be like a Michigan that hasn't been run into the ground yet. And we've already gotten a Michigan out of him. We've gotten a stare down out of him. I want maybe four or five of these moments a season where you say this, this little why I oughta one of these days, Alice, you know? Yeah, I, I love agree. That from uh, I also, way, I really want to know, I want to know, like, the, I don't know if it's come out yet, but, like, the details behind, or I, I wonder if him or uh, Martin has talked about that, because it just seemed so random. Like, why would Connor Bedard stare down Spencer Martin after that goal, and why would Spencer Martin take such offense to it and point to the scoreboard? Well, they did, have, wait, did, they, you not, did you not see the shit that was going on between those two? The, the, this was a game-long no. thing. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't see it earlier in the game. Yeah, so that's what I was saying off the top. Like, Martin was, like, giving him the business and, like, throwing little jabs at him, and he pushed okay, him back. Yeah, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, they, okay. they, that, they, makes, that makes point, way more sense. They skated past each other at the bench, and Spencer Martin, like, well, yeah, at one point earlier, he, like, grabbed his stick, and then they skated past each other towards the benches, and he, like, gave Bedard a shot, and so Bedard took offense to it, and then he scored that goal and stared him down. Have right. uh, Yeah, I'm back on the uh, Spencer Martin asshole watch uh, stamp because 
I figured that Connor Bedard wouldn't start shit for no reason. Have received uh, an update, by the way, on whether or not Pete was at the that Tuesday Hurricanes game, and uh, he was not. He, You are thinking of the game that we all went to with various groups of friends. I knew that you were at that one. You were not the one against the Hurricanes. You were at the Blue Jackets one. I was definitely at the Blue Jackets one. Yes. But I was also at the Hurricanes one. So the one, like, right after we had uh shit uh who's the the forward on the hurricanes that we were fucking with jarvis seth jarvis yeah so yeah the the mom's trip with seth jarvis and his mom i really think you were i was at that game yes i was i was texting about the fact that i was at two spencer martin games that fell in line the same thing i was at that game Apologies, listeners. Pete's being very difficult today. He's under the weather. Uh, don't know what's going on with him. I will do some text thread research. If, if I'm I wrong on this, that game. that's okay. I'm willing to be wrong on this. Pete's very sick, though. So just <laughs> consider that. Uh, we got to talk about the Buffalo Sabres. They lost to the Ducks yesterday. How can you blame them? Frank Vetrano just going arf, king. Uh, people are requesting your temperature, by the way. It's, I told you, I was it, being I very had difficult. To run and go, I had to run and go get it during the, the, the read or else it wasn't going to happen. It's, all, it's upstairs. Uh, Mike Harrington, the Buffalo News, legendary writer. I'm not saying that he got this from somebody. I'm saying, though, that when a veteran scribe writes something like what he wrote yesterday in the Buffalo News, you pay attention to it. The name or the headline, which... Obviously, the writers don't write is after getting swept by the Ducks, everything and everybody should be in play for the Sabres. Uh, I'm going to pull up the standings right now. I should have done that before. But the uh, Sabres right now are under 500. They have 52 points in 55 games. They are tied for second to last in the Atlantic. Obviously, people thought they could have done something this year. You said last week, maybe they could make a run. Still not ruling that out, but it's not looking great for them right now. Here is what I, uh, what I was going to say. Thank you for you really underplayed what I what I said last week. No, you said that, maybe that like, you weren't saying they're going to make the playoffs. I said don't rule it out. You said you could have easily thrown me under the bus with a don't rule it out that the, they're going to make the playoffs. But appreciate you. Go ahead. I've been very honest about things you have and have not done this entire episode. Are you maybe in your weakened state, confused and lying about stuff? I don't think it is a fever dream. That would be hilarious. Also, maybe it's just that because Jeff and I were there, you felt like you were there. No, I was there. Uh, I'm going to keep Sean on this as he uh, investigates. Uh, If you could also, though, Sean, throw up uh, this excerpt. Writes Mike Harrington, you can assume Don Granado, head coach, will still be coaching the Sabres on Wednesday night in Montreal. But next October, that's a long way off. No sure thing. You can assume Kevin Adams will still be running this team as general manager at the deadline in two and a half weeks. But draft weekend in June in Las Vegas, no way to be sure of that either. Here's where it gets really juicy. And as for players, if you're an NHL GM and you call Adams now, you should be told the only guys currently wearing blue and gold you can't touch are Rasmus Dahlin and Uko Pekalukkanen. Maybe Owen Power too. 
a step back this season, but too much potential to ignore. You want to talk about anybody else? Adams has no choice but to listen. Obviously, this is an indictment of how far the Sabres have fallen. Because again, I don't think Mike Harrington is writing this unless it's slightly informed. Names that he left off there. J.J. Paterka, who is 22 in the second year of his entry-level contract and has 19 goals in 55 games. Tage Thompson, who's 26 in the first year of a seven-year deal with a $7.14 million cap hit. He has 32 points in 45 games. Casey Middlestat, who's 25 in the final year of his entry-level contract, 44 points in 55 games. And Dylan Cousins, who's 23 and in the first year of a seven-year deal with a $7.1 million cap hit. There's a lot of guys you can trade on that roster. I would have added more names to the untouchables list there. I absolutely would have too. I mean, to me, Tage is still untouchable for that team with throw Dylan Cousins in there. I don't think Casey Middlestat is, although he probably should be. He's like been the best player on that team this year. Just based off the contract situation, like you're going to have to pay him a ton. And like, I can understand where you're coming from, from the like, because the, the Sabres absolutely need a bit of a culture shift, it seems. I would I would not rush to trade away the good young players that they have on that roster. Because as we saw last year, like those guys can pop and they have popped. This is a down year where a lot of shit is going wrong. And to like field offers on those guys before you change the leadership behind the bench seems insane to me because I, we talked about it months ago. I just feel like Granado kind of has hit a wall with that team and he can't really get, more than what he's gotten out of them uh, beyond that. And I do think they need somebody to help take them that next step. And the fact that they haven't made that change yet is surprising to me. Right. So I think that maybe they can do what the Blue Jackets just did, which is get rid of the GM, thinking you're probably going to do that at some point anyway, and use the rest of this season to kind of assess what's what with your guys see how it looks and which guys respond to the fact that you basically cratered your season. I don't know if all the players I just named are untouchable. If I get an offer for Dylan cousins, do I want to trade a 23 year old player who have got locked up for seven years? No, but when you're a team that has as much of a culture problem makes it sound like they're bad guys. I don't think they're bad guys. I think that they're used to losing. Right. I think that sending a shot across the bow and trading somebody uh, who you would think would have that commitment or be committed to by the team isn't the worst signal to send. You just need to get something back. But, I mean, Tage Thompson, I'd need a ton for. Cousins, uh, not Cousins, uh, Middlestat kind of makes sense in terms of the, he's at the end of his entry-level contract. Maybe the team and him disagree on what his next contract should look like. We see guys at the end of their entry-level contract traded all the time. That wouldn't shock me. But I do think there are more sensible veteran types to trade. Ocposo, even Clifton, who's at the beginning of a deal, but he's like a veteran on a not-prohibitive contract. You get something for him. There are moves you can make to signal to the team rumpus time is over without having to move out J.J. Paterka, who I think should be like the most untouchable, one of the more untouchable players 
in the league with where he is right now. In the league is wild. But I, I mean, like, I agree. No, I mean, I he's what you're saying. having no, an I'm awesome saying, season like, has has term beyond this year is making nothing. This is the type of player that you say, yeah, let's see where this goes. I, I mean, yeah, of course. But I, I when I say like, you know, I'd take calls, it's much different than I'd look to rush to get these guys out the door. You know, if you're talking about taking calls and seeing what you can get for a guy like Casey Middlesat in the final year of his deal. Yeah, for sure. The, see what see what that that hall can look like coming back and you know uh, yes like you know I, I think that the the idea of trading somebody to send a message is probably smart but you just have to be very careful about who you're sending yeah That's i misspoke it. on uh, middle step by the way he's uh still an rfa but uh he's on his uh, second contract so that doesn't i mean he's still a young guy not making a lot of money see where it goes after this but I was telling Sean before the show, like, if you tell me he's going to be my team's second line center for the next six, seven years, that's that can be a good second line center. Like, they, they, yeah. they've got the bones and the good pieces. I wonder well, what I think cage... the big problem is. The big problem is that all their good players are young players. They've tried to bring in veterans. But the problem is that the veterans they've brought in haven't been that good. Like they're not that good of players. And I really do think you need to mix in some older guys. Like Skinner is probably what their their oldest and longest tenured player uh, outside of Eric Johnson, who's not tenured. But like Skinner's been there for a while. No, it's got to be Oposo. Yeah, but he's not longest tenured. Like you know, I think Skinner is probably the longest tenured. Yeah, Oposo. He's been there longer than the Skinner. Islanders. Right? Uh, I was still researching Pete, so I missed the beginning of the conversation. Is this about the longest tenured saber? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the longest tenured saber is Zemkis Gergensen. Well, it's probably Gergensen's, right? Yeah, right it's, no, it's but, definitely Gergensen. I think, I'm pretty sure Middlestat's been there longer than all of them. No, not Gergensen, obviously, but Middlestat was there before Tage, before, like, most of these guys. I um, want to say that Ocposo got there in, like, 2017. I think yeah, was 2016. There so Ocposo's been there He's since longer. 2016. He's been there for... He's been there longer than I expected. Ever. Yeah, he was part of, like, the Islanders' exodus. Yeah. Um, but I'm, all I'm saying is, like, they're, I think they need some older guys in the room to correct some of the bad habits that they've developed. And I think you need a new coach to help to help kind of foster that change as well. But this team is just really developing bad habits, and they're not following a system that leads to winning hockey and this has been kind of a problem of theirs for a while. Like even last year when they found success, they missed playoffs by one point. Nobody was really looking at them as a team that was going to make a playoff run, like a deep playoff run, just based off the way that they played. They played like a very unhinged, very open style where they'd score a ton, but they'd also bleed chances the other way and not get a bunch of saves. Well, from the, uh, from the, Buffalo news to the Tennessee and we go because uh, there's a couple stories from the weekend that we weren't able to hit yesterday in all of our fun and hockey previewing and grab ass. Uh, the Predators who are on the outside looking in if the playoffs uh, began today were supposed to go to a U2 concert. It didn't go down that way in Vegas. This is from the Tennessean. The U2 concert at the Sphere in Las Vegas was going to go on Sunday with or without 
was going to go on Sunday with or without the Nashville Predators and their staff because general manager Barry Trotz and coach Andrew Burnett still hadn't found what they were looking for at this point. Pause. We've gotten to two U2 references and uh, the Tennessean is now on asshole watch. Stop fucking doing this shit of like, I snuck however many lyrics into a blah, 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 blah. Stop fucking doing that. And yes, I have a lot of friends who work in the industry who do shit like this. I'm not talking to you specifically, but stop fucking doing it. I'm talking to everybody specifically who does this. Uh, anyway, uh, they weren't look. They didn't see what they were looking for. Blah blah blah. Thursday's nine-two loss to the Dallas Stars at Bridgestone Arena. The show went on without them. That made Sunday anything but a beautiful day for the team. Instead of spending the off day in Vegas, the concert, the Predators spent the off day in Nashville following its five-two victory Saturday against the Blues in St. Louis. The team flew to Vegas Monday morning ahead of Tuesday night's game. So, long story short, in that mess of U2 references, the team was planning on going to a U2 concert at the Sphere. They didn't play well, so leadership said, no, it's canceled, you don't get to go, which, holy smokes, when you're a kid and that happens, you think that your dad is going to change his mind and that he's just bluffing, but boy, they weren't bluffing, and God, that must feel horrible. It's got to feel horrible, too, because it wasn't just the players. It was like the staff, like everybody on the team and on the trip was going to go to the U2 concert at the Sphere. And then the team lays an egg and nobody gets to go. Everybody's got to go home early and get suspended. And that really sucks. But it's also it's one of those things like it's it's going back to the Sabres conversation. Like sometimes you just got to send a message and you're going to hurt somebody's feelings in the process. And the this has been a big sort of emphasis a point of emphasis for barry trotz in getting to nashville he's not about rumpus time he sent guys packing immediately in his like first two weeks on the job because he didn't like what they were giving him in terms of like what they have in the room their commitment to the team things like that just out the door immediately had no problem doing it so when barry trotz doesn't see the commitment to to the play on the ice i don't think anything's off the table with this guy i just wish we found out that some predators went anyway because they wouldn't find out the team wouldn't find out until monday morning when they showed up to fly to vegas hey where's where's o'reilly where's soros where are these guys uh I don't know. They may have taken an earlier flight. They better not. Did they go to the fucking sphere? I don't know. You're going to have to ask them, coach. That'd be amazing. That would be great. And I then, don't think that'd be a good business decision, though. And then those players, after getting scratched the next game, came back and scored a million fucking goals. And they're like, yeah, we went to a fucking U2 concert. Made us go to hockey. Just try it sometime. You think uh, there's any chance that uh, Barry Trotz was a little sour about Matt Duchesne scoring a couple goals against the Predators last week and then immediately going to play a show at Tootsie's? I thought that was so overrated. I thought that was, it was, oh, legend. (laughs) (laughs) What a beauty. But I mean, maybe, but maybe Barry Trotz was a little bit on edge, a little bit sour, but that was done right in his face. I mean, he famously bought out Matt Duchesne Mm -hmm. and Matt Duchesne, who, like, we can all agree, he went to Nashville because of the country music, dreaming to play in Nashville. 
I think a lot of people could say, hey, may he cares too much about the country music, not enough about the hockey. I and, just uh, like that the he Predators just shoved it right down Barry Trotz's throat and then went to play a concert at Tootsie's. I like that the Predators are just taking everything out on music. <laughs> yeah, right. They're like, okay, we all need someone to oppose. You know who the bad guy is? It's music. You know so who they should don't... go after? They should go after Kirill Marchenko. They would love Kirill Marchenko. That motherfucker is no not going to for music. music. Nope. <laughs> he's right. not. He's not doing anything at the, he's going with earbuds being like, Hey, this is a cool aesthetic. Although if they're writing a bunch of stuff on there, I don't like to read books, so I'm not checking that out, but you give me some cool lights, a puck, I'm gonna shoot that thing in the net. It is true that like music does seem to be at the root of all the Nashville Predators problems. If they Matt could... Shane was too busy playing music, uh, the the team currently too busy thinking about going to the U2 concert to play a 60 minute game uh and now this they need to ha- they're going to hold an event before their next game and they're going to be like hey everybody uh Vince get out here Vince Gill is out and he's like what and like whatever part of the team you own or however you're involved with this team you're gone buddy we go, we want nothing to do with music anymore we will not play the the anthem. It's going to go over very well in Tennessee. And anything that has to do with music from now on is out. We are here to play hockey, and that's it. And if you think about going to a concert at Bridgestone, your tickets will be voided because you're not a real fan. I'll be honest. If you, uh, if you took away my U2 concert going experience, I wouldn't be that upset, upset about it. I'd probably be like a minus three the next day again anyway. I went to, I've gone to one U2 concert. It was very good. I'm not the biggest U2 fan. I would for sure see them at the Sphere, but not for a bajillion dollars. I was going to say, I'd be more upset about missing out on the Sphere than actually than actually missing out on U2. We can't decide. Should we go to the Sphere? Should we go to Vegas a week early for the draft so we could see Dead & Co. at the Sphere? Give Sean his first. What's that? I definitely want to see Dead & Co. at the Sphere. I feel like I, from the little I know about Dead Co, I feel like that's going to be one of the most like trippy experiences ever. With the video that I've seen of you two at the Sphere, I feel like it's going to be fucking with some people's minds. So do we go? I mean, we don't need to stay the whole week. Actually, we could just go like a week early. Do do two Vegas trips in a week. Go see Dead Co. Come back, get ready for the draft, and then go back. Do shit at the Sphere. I think if you're going to go out in Vegas, you may as well just stay there for the week. Although, would we even have like that time? Because the uh, the Stanley Cup final ends like pretty close to the draft. Oh, that's true. So we would, right, we'd probably be missing the Cutting Cup final to see Dead Cup. Unless <clears throat> Vegas in Vegas. Oh, that's so could true. Be there. Ha- could the, the be there. The hockey gods have lined up for us in Vegas before. Oh, Just saying. If we did... That is so true, Sean. If we went to Vegas to go to the cup final and then we're just banging out dead and co shows at the sphere on off nights, that would be amazing. I'd be so in on that. A lot of stars would have to align. And like also like game seven or presuming it's game seven or game six, not being on that night at the show. I will tell you what, though. Uh, Mike Grinnell threw this out today. He just said, like, who's the best team in hockey? Everybody was hammering him with uh, Florida Panthers, which is a fine 
response. It's a very uh, response du jour. My first thought mm -hmm. when I saw that was like, ah, I still kind of feel in my heart of hearts. It's like the Knights. I don't know. I don't think there like is a clear cut best team this year. And that that's rocks. what's great about this year. Yeah. Rules. Uh, last last thing. year, there was obviously a best team. And I think there was like a, a handful of best teams last year. And it seemed like everything was locked pretty early this year. I don't I don't know, man. It's so wide open. Love it. Uh, last thing that we got to hit from uh, this weekend is that uh, Amelia de Moldenberg, after famously tweeting at the Maple Leafs, is what's the best email to reach you via, I believe was her tweet. Uh, she was seen, spotted, posted from this Leafs game on Saturday, snapping a nice pick of Frank Vetrano there. Amazing. Pete had the eagle eyes on that when we sent that in the chat. Look at Frankie right there, ready to score a million goals. Uh, she was at a Maple Leafs game. We do not know what she did there. She did a million posts from the game, called herself a good luck charm, loved Toronto. Initially, when this all started, you thought she was doing something with Nylander. I said she's not getting out of bed for anything less than Bieber. We will potentially at some point see. What do you think went down? What if she just wanted tickets? <laughs> Frank Vetrano, I think. That'd be incredible. Frank Vetrano and Amelia. Ooh, that's a chicken shop date. I'll tune in for. But, Amazing. But like, what if I, I just think that like, what if she just wanted tickets? That'd be hilarious. Everybody just like uh, speculating as to what this could mean for, for content. And she's like, just trying to see Frankie V in person. Yeah. Anaheim, Toronto. It's a good, that's a good, uh, it's a good take. Trying to get to that game. Uh, Sean, do you have an update on whether Pete was at the Carolina game? Um, kind of. I, I I just wanted to check: is this like a, is this a civil case or a criminal case? Like, is this preponderance of evidence or beyond reasonable doubt? Because that will change the answer. Oh, preponderance of I mean, so it sounds wow, like a, if I want to be right, I should be saying preponderance of evidence, correct? I'm not going to give you any more information. I just want to know what the the burden of proof is here. Ah, uh, well, you're talking to a. You're talking to somebody who watched every episode of The Practice, so hmm. I'm probably more of a legal eagle than uh, Pete is. <laughs> I'm going to say that this is a civil case. Uh, based on the preponderance of evidence, I would say that Pete was not at the game. I have no way to actually prove that. You guys didn't text about it. The only text about that specific game, we're talking about January 24th mm -hmm. against the, the Carolina Hurricanes. The only text from that game, you sent a parlay in the chat. And Pete just responded that he was over six. Looking at Pete's Twitter from the day, he was tweeting a lot about other hockey games, specifically the Florida Panthers game, which would have started at the same time because uh, that was the day that they played the John Cena song and they dropped the gloves at the face-off against the, the um, Coyotes. There was also something else happening that night, but there was a lot of Pete tweeting about hockey that uh, during the time at which he would have been at the game. So I have a hard time believing that would have been happening if he was also at the game. So... Judge that I may, that and I may not, not have been there, there. I guess. I, but I, I know how we can figure it out. Yes. And if we got time, I'm down to do this. Uh, could you play the beginning of the January 25th episode? I've, I mean, be, I guess I could, wow, yeah. I could back. see that coming up in grab ass. Deej, I was at the game. I, I don't know that it would... I, I feel like you... You're running a little bit of a risk that you're just going to be listening to an episode inside of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an incredible move. I, I am I am fascinated now because itself. I I distinctly remember talking about 
Spencer Martin having the same sort of game. So, right. So we texted, we either texted about it or you tweeted about it. And we had some correspondence about it because I think I maybe tweeted about it or you even tweeted. One of us tweeted about it and we talked about it being like, oh, yeah, ha, yeah, we had the same thought. No, but my I remember being like, I can't believe that I went to the same like Spencer Martin experience twice. And I can't and I remember being at the game and being like, how do I keep seeing Spencer Martin play goaltending? This will be so weird if you're just describing something that happened to me and I said it to you and you just became me in your brain. Um that that day was also a pretty massive day. The Oilers had won 15 straight. We got the the names, I believe, of the Hockey Canada case, and it was also the Jazz owner uh, saying that he wanted a team in Salt Lake. So I feel like we're probably not going to be talking about the Bruins if we were to play this show back. Okay, well, this, so this um, will be uh, an investigation that we can reveal the results of tomorrow because I do uh, want to look in to see see what happened here. No, uh, you, you're you're trying to pull the plug on this thing. I think that I'm we not can... trying to pull the plug. I'm trying to find the re- the result, the the appropriate results with the evidence, while also not like dragging this out and looking at our computers for 20 minutes to end the episode. Uh, that was also the day of 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 McKinnon's hat trick, where the guy threw the hat early, and you oh, recorded boy. a reel. Oh, so of I was that? definitely at home. I was oh, definitely at home. Confirmed. I watched that at TV. Yeah. I was watching that game at home. So if that's the case, if that was the same day, I was at home. I was not yeah. at the Bruins. It was, a, it was a pretty big day for hockey, January 24th. All right. I mean, if we had five more minutes, I'd be able to g- grab a smoking gun, but I think we've uh, proven it and gotten an admission. Pete has uh, pled out, right? I, I yes. I, I need to, I want to uh, examine the evidence a little bit more. I mean, I you can actually, out, by the way, you can motion I want to flesh out how this possibly could have happened. I, I mean, I'm positive, and I don't say this uh, to embarrass you. I'm positive. I said this stuff to you, and you just no. remember it, and no. you're like, no, so I, re- I, re- I remember like having the thought myself. I, re- I it was not like fed into my brain. I had this thought myself. I just assumed that I was at the game, but apparently I wasn't. I tweeted, it always takes Brad Marchand two periods to learn it's Spencer Martin and net. That's the only tweet from either of us about Spencer Martin that day. But I also remember having the conversation with you via text during the game, possibly with you and Megan. So that's why that's where I'm confused because I looked through my text and I didn't find anything that says Spencer Martin. Hmm. So very confused there. The chat is very active on this, by the way. Okay. They're not. Uh, somebody said, Pete, did you maybe dream about the game after you spoke to DJ? No, like, cause it's a very, it was a real thing that happened in my brain is that I remember what happened to this game. Is there, so are you, did, that's not a good saying. It's a real thing that happened in my brain is not amazing. <laughs> that doesn't listen. I, I think that I'm like, my fever is spiking and I need to leave. So wait, there's no chance that you're talking about the Pete's pleading insanity. You're saying that you went to a Bruins Blue Jackets and a Bruins Hurricanes game? Is that I did. Pete went to just the Blue Jackets game. Pete was at the Blue but Jackets. But Pete game. is I was Pete was at the Blue Jackets game. Okay, okay, okay. I was making sure I understood. Uh, Maybe uh, was was did Spencer Martin play in net in the no because they had like some some they had the the Russian guy I think when we went to see the Blue Jackets. Yeah, no, it wasn't Spencer Martin then. Okay. No, no, no. Um. 
I'm All going right. insane. Well, we can continue this tomorrow. A uh, big surprise tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss it. If you haven't subscribed or liked yet, please do that. And uh, great slate tomorrow. I don't know about the slate tonight, but tomorrow night you got Bruins Oil Boys. That's going to be very exciting. Hell yeah. Can't wait for that. Uh, we got lots more to come, though. Uh, get on the YouTube. There's Pro Shop Wars there, and there's more fun things coming there. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Get well soon to uh, Pete, and uh, hopefully he can uh, get a better grasp on what happened to him on January 24th. All right. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.